just because, watch this, just because Jesus died doesn't mean everybody's going to heaven. Just because Jesus died doesn't mean that we're all saved. You must place your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins to be saved. To know that your sins are forgiven. To know that one day to be absent from this body will be present with the Lord. See, you're not saved this morning because you, you come to a Baptist church. You're not saved this morning because you're a good person. You're not saved this morning because the person sitting next to you is saved. You're not even saved this morning because you have a good heritage. Some of you have some, some great heritage. I mean, you're... Your, your parents were saved, and your parents' parents were saved, and your parents' parents' parents were saved, and, and there you got preachers in your, in, your, uh, in your lineage, and I mean, you got all these people uh, that just uh, have loved the Lord through the years. But let me tell you something, that won't get you to heaven. Maybe you've been baptized, maybe you've been confirmed, maybe you're just trying the best that you can. How many of us know? I mean, let's be honest. How many of us know that you can try the best you can and still fail? Um, hey, let me say, I remember being in school, in Bible college, and I, I did pretty good. I mean, I, I, I did pretty good through college, and then I took Hebrew, the language, Hebrew. And man, let me tell you something. You talk about getting smacked in the face. And I, I want to know, I want you to know, I tried the very best I could. I mean, you got to read that. I mean, you got to read it. It looks like holographics. You got to read it backwards. I mean, the whole, I mean, I just, it was overwhelming to me. Not because I didn't try hard. I tried really hard. I studied more in, in Hebrew than I did any other class I took in the four years I was in college. But man, I tried and I tried and I, and I passed, but boy, you talk about the skin of your teeth. <laughs> I mean, everything else, I did really good. And Hebrew, I don't care if I ever take that thing again. But I tried the best I could. Listen, you can try the best you can and still fail. It's not about being a good person. By the way, you're not a good person. Well, I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. But the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. We've all failed. I mean, we are not good people. By nature, we are sinners. That's why we've been separated from God. That's why we have no hope outside the person of Jesus Christ. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. No man cometh unto the Father, Jesus said, but by me. I'm the only way. I'm it. So you're sitting here and you're telling me, preacher, that every other way is wrong. That's exactly what I'm telling you. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Why? Because that's what the Bible says. I remember. <laughs> Listen, I remember when I first came to Georgia. I was in for a rude awakening. They do things different in Georgia. When I was in Georgia. I came to, came to Georgia. I had to get my license done, renewed. So I went to the they don't call it a DMV, but whatever the, you know, the, whatever it is, the DMV up here. And I went in there and uh, they said, uh, we need your, 
this, 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 and this. And I, don't, I never go to the DMV. I mean, I take a blood test when I go to the DMV. I mean, I just, they want everything. So now I always bring everything. Well, I came up there, they wanted everything. And they wanted my, they wanted my everything. So, so I had to go back and I had to get it all and I got my birth certificate. Here's, here's my birth certificate. Now, mind you, my original birth certificate burned in a fire. So I have a birth certificate signed by the Admiral of the Navy. And it's a certified copy that I joined the military with this birth certificate. I presented it to the lady, and she said, oh, no, this isn't good enough. I mean, me and her are going back and forth. I'm talking about steams coming out my ears. And I said to the lady, I said to her, I said, you telling me that I can serve my country for four years off of this birth certificate, but I can't get a Georgia driver's license? She looked me dead in the eye. She said, that's exactly what I'm telling you. <laughs> when he says, go outside, babe, just, just go outside, just leave. I was just, but let me tell you something. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Jesus is the only way. Because, do you know why? Not because I said so. Because that's what the Bible says. And so if you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, then you're not saved. And you need to do that. And you need to do it before it's eternally too late. But to be saved means that our sins are forgiven. To be saved means uh, that one day we're going to be in heaven one day. But let me tell you something. The word Christian. Do you realize that the word Christian was first used as a derogatory term? Those Christ followers. They were first called Christian at Antioch. And they were those people. It's kind of like Peter, you know, uh, uh, we know who you are. You, you've been around Christ. They didn't mean that as a compliment. Because they, they couldn't stand him. They hated him. They, they tried everything they could to persecute him. And, and listen, to be Christian means to be a Christ follower. Can I tell you? I know I'm, 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 I'm splitting words here. But can I tell you there are saved people that aren't Christian? Or save people that they've trusted Christ as their Savior and, and, and they're, they're going to heaven one day when they die because they place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But man, they are away from the Lord. They're doing their own thing and they're living their own life. And, and boy, they, there's nothing of a Christian means to be Christ like. To be Christ like. And so when you get saved, do you remember the day? I hope you do. Do you remember? Now, you might not know the exact day and the exact hour. And some people know that. Some people don't. But let me tell you something. You should know that you're saved. You should know that there was a time, whether that time was when you were a child, a teenager, an adolescent, an adult, whatever it was, there was a time that you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Do you remember that day? What a glorious day that was for me. I remember that day. And I tell you, when I, when I got saved, those, those burdens just lifted off my shoulders. And, and boy, I was, I was just so excited about, uh, about being saved and about knowing Christ as my Savior. Let me tell you something. It didn't take me long 
to realize it was easier to get right than it was to stay right. Well, it wasn't very long before I got up and, and boy, I, 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 do you, I don't know if you got this way or not, but I was an adult when I got saved. But I, I remember getting up and, and man, I was ready. I mean, it didn't matter who it was. I'd witness to anybody. I mean, I was, I was so excited. I would have, I would have, if somebody would have told me and gave me a squirt gun, I would have charged hell. I mean, I was, I mean, I was ready to serve God. I was ready to do whatever God called me to do. I mean, I was excited. And that first trouble, that first struggle, that first temptation, I mean, it's just around the corner. And it's always just around the corner. And it's not a matter of getting right because we've gotten right when we got saved and trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior. It's a matter of staying right with the Lord. I remember I wasn't saved very long and Wendy and I were talking and we were on the phone and we, boy, I'll tell you, we first, we first started dating. I had no bills, so I was actually... Uh, I was actually made a, made pretty good money in the in the military, and I had I had uh, I had I had not I had nothing, I had not a single bill, and so all the money that came in, I, uh, I you know blew most of it, and then after I got saved, I I uh, I spent it all on on phone calls, and so I had to take out loans to you know to 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 pay my phone bill, but I remember talking to Wendy, and this was back before there were cell phones, by the way. I mean, you know those little phone booths that, you know, Superman got changed in, you know, that, that's, that's what we had to talk in. And so some of you, some of you people have no idea what I'm talking about. But, you know, you, you, we'd, we'd sit there and talk. And, and I remember one day, we were going to go watch the football game. Not only did you not have a cell phone, you didn't have a big screen TV. You didn't have a smart TV. You, didn't have you wanted to watch something on a big screen TV. You went where you weren't supposed to be and watched the, watched the game. And so our buddies were going to go on the, on the base, and we're going to go to the sports club, and we're going, to, we're going to watch the game. So I decided, I'd already declared, I said, I can go, I can go and not do things I'm not supposed to do. It's not a big deal. I, said, I, I already convinced myself of this, and all my buddies already convinced me that I could do this. And I, I was on the phone with Wendy, and, and, uh, and I said, I, I got to go. And she said, what do you got? I mean, you got to go. I just, just got to go. I, I wasn't going to tell her. And so I hung up the phone. Got in the car. I don't know. It was some kind of, it was a little, like a Datsun or something. It was this little dinky tiny car. And it was, it was like, you ever seen the circus and the clowns come out and 50 people got out of the car? Uh, this guy was like the only one that had a car. And so we, we all climbed in there and it was one of those where you had to lift the seat up to get in the back. You remember those? And you had to pull the seat up and you crawled in. There was like four of us in the back seat that can fit one person. And there's three people on the front and one's person sitting on the shifter and we're just driving over to the thing and so uh so I got in they scrunched me all the way in the back and man we're driving we're almost there and I'm about to die I mean just I didn't know it at the time because I didn't know much about uh, being a Christian I didn't know much about being saved um because I wasn't saved very long but I know now it was just the conviction of God on my life stop the car just stop the car. They thought, you know, some, what's going on? What's, what's the matter with you? I said, let me out. Well, listen, like six people had to get out of the car to let me out. We're in the middle of the road. And so uh, they're all climbing out. What's, what's wrong with you? I got out and ran back. And, and boy, let me tell you something. 
from that day to this, I realized it's a, it's a struggle. It's not easy. Anybody that tells you being holy is easy is lying to you. They're lying to you. Why? Because let me tell you something. When you got saved, you got an enemy. You see, before you were saved, you were of the father, your father the devil. I mean, you were, I mean, you, you were no threat to him. But after you got saved, now all of a sudden, you have a brand new enemy. And let me tell you what he wants. He wants to deceive you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to wreck your family. He wants to wreck your relationships. He wants to wreck your church. He wants, now listen, he understands. He gets better theology than, than a lot of people do. He understands that he can never take you to hell. When you got saved, your salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. And one day you are going to be in heaven uh, with God one day and the devil or nobody else can do anything about that. But let me tell you what he can do. He can get us off track. He can get us away from church. Do you know how successful he is? Look around. Look around. Let me tell you, one of the, one of the, uh, what the rate is, I mean, it is astronomical, the rate of churches that are closing their doors every single day. Just one after another, after another, after another. I mean, people that are just walking away and people that are just getting out of their Bible and people that are just, they just stop praying and things aren't important to them anymore. And let me tell you something, the devil is successful. Do you know that if you'll just take a survey of things that used to bother people that don't bother them anymore? I mean, it's astonishing to me. It's absolutely astonishing to me. The things that used to make people blush don't make people blush anymore. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable to me. Do you know what's changed? The Bible hasn't, right? God hasn't. Jesus, the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Jesus hasn't changed. The Bible hasn't changed. What's changed? People. And really, let's be honest, people really haven't changed. We've always, we've always had a problem, and that problem's a sin problem. Let me tell you what sin will do. Sin will get you away from God. Sin will land you in the pig pen. Sin will get you away. Listen, all you gotta do, listen, all you gotta do is get around the wrong crowd. You know what I had to learn real fast? There were some people that I just couldn't hang around. I mean, it was hard. It was a hard decision that I had to make. There were some people that they're having an influence in my life, and that influence was very negative. I had to make a decision. I had to step away. I had to step back. I had to decide I've got to get around some people that are going to help me, that are going to put me in the right direction, that are going to give me good wisdom and good guidance and good direction. You know, you know what we all are? We are just one decision away from being a casualty. You think about that person? 
Guarantee you, everybody in here thinking about a person right now that used to be sitting in church. And now they're not. They used to, I mean, they, they used to be Bible scholars. And now they don't even pick up their Bible. They used to be prayer warriors. They used to be deacons and trustees and leaders in the church and Sunday school teachers and all these things. And now they don't even come to church. What happened? One bad decision away from being a casualty. You could be that too. You know what Paul said? You remember what Paul said? I am what I am just simply by the grace of God. It's God's grace. It's God's grace that I don't go in that same direction. And if we keep continuing to make bad decisions in our lives, then it's going to get harder and harder and harder to stay right in our lives. How do you stay right? How do you stay right? Well, it's really not that hard. We make it hard because of the decisions that we make. We make it hard because of the focus that we have. But how do we stay right in our lives? Verse number six, number one, by praying right. By praying right. Verse number six, he says, Be careful for nothing but in everything. He didn't say in the important things. He didn't say in the critical things. He said in everything. You see, sometimes we... Go to the throne of grace because we're in desperate need. Our health is bad. Something tragic has happened. I mean, we need God's grace. We need God's protection. We need, we need, we need, we need, we need. You know what we're living? You know what kind of society we're living in today? I, give me. I need. And by the way, when you give, it's never enough. I need more. I need more. I need, give me, give me, give me. And sometimes we have that mentality with God. Give me, give me, give me. You know what Chronicle says, right? He says, if, if, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my... Huh. Isn't that interesting? He didn't say seek my hand. He said, seek my face. Do you know in the model prayer, the Bible says that, um, that we're, when we go, when we go to, to, to the throne, that uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now give us this day our daily bread. He talks about uh, how holy he is and reverence and respect for who God is before he ever asks for one thing. In everything we should pray. We don't just pray in the critical times. By the way, you should be prayed up before that critical time comes. Before that big decision needs to be made. You should already be prayed up that God would give you wisdom and guidance and direction for when a decision does come. Because let me tell you what life's made up of. You know what it's made up of? Forks in the road. We've all hit them. We've all come to them. You've got to decide. Which way are you going to go? I mean, you're going to go left, you're going to go right. Can I tell you something? One way's right and one way's wrong. That's another place of society we're living in, right? 
It's no, nothing's really right or wrong. Nothing, there's no, really no moral absolutes. Just live the best you can. Do you know what we're doing? We eat and drink and be merry. Or tomorrow we should die. Just do, do it. Do what feels good. And if it feels good, it must be right. Are you insane? How in the world do we come up with these things? Because let me tell you something. The Bible says that, that sin is pleasurable for a season. Sin is not right. It might feel good, but it doesn't make it right. What makes it right is God's will. What makes it right is God's word. What makes it right is God's spirit. And we got to understand that if we aren't praying right, how in the world can we ever expect to stay right? Not only get right, but stay right through a prayer life. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So we need, we need, a, we need a prayer life, uh, a, a consistent uh, prayer life uh, for Jesus said these words. Without me, ye can do nothing. Understand that? He didn't say you can do a few things. He didn't say you can do one thing. He said, without me, you can do nothing. So if without him we can do nothing, then who should we be going to? We should be going to him so that we have the wisdom that we need, we have the direction that we need, that we have the power that we need. Why in the world would we make a decision without consulting God first? Why in the world would we come in a fork in a road and flip a coin to decide which way we're going to go? You ever follow GPS? Anybody ever follow GPS? Listen, if it wasn't for GPS, I'd drive in circles the rest of my life. Terrible with directions. Absolutely terrible with directions. Any family member that's with me automatically just tells me which way to go. It doesn't even matter if we were, we were coming home. Kyle and I were coming home... Um, the other day, from O'Reilly's on 21, O'Reilly's, right? And so, yeah, O'Reilly's on 21. And so, so, so we come out of O'Reilly's and Kyle says, go left. It's like, Kyle, I'm not quite that bad, son. He's like, well, I'm just used to telling you which way to go. So I'm telling you, uh, without GPS, I'm lost. G GPS, you ever been somewhere you'd never been before? And you're following GPS, and GPS tells you to go left. And you go, hmm. And you drive right by it, and it says, you know, do a U-turn. When it's safe, do a U-turn. It's like, there was no left. No, no, do a U-turn. So you do a U-turn. Why? Because you have no idea where you're at. And it's not like you say, well, I'll just go right. Well, how long are you going to go right for? Right? So you're going to follow who? Now, it might take you through a cornfield because the left, I'm telling you, this is a true story. I turn around and then it tells you to go right. And I'm going, that's somebody's driveway. Literally, somebody's driveway. It was a dirt road and it was a mailbox on the end of it. Well, I didn't have any other choice. So I turned down that road and I'm telling you, I've got corn on both sides. I'm going through a cornfield. I said, listen, any children pop out of that cornfield, just run them over. I mean, 
we're not stopping for anything. Just keep going. I come out the other side of the cornfield. There's these big combines and tractors all over the place. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to get shot. Thanks, GPS. I get to the end of that cornfield, get to the end of that road, turn, turn right, tell me to turn right, I'm, I'm on a main road. I'm going, well, I'm glad I listened to her because I would have never got there otherwise. It's just, I made it a woman because she's a woman to always tell me what to do anyway, so I just made it a woman. But anyway, so you turn right, and boy, all of a sudden, you're right where you need to be. Why? Because you, because you listen to the right thing. Listen, if it's, if it's between listening to GPS and listening to the person sitting next to me, and they've never been there either. Now, my wife does it all the time. Oh, don't listen to her. Just, just keep going straight. I almost always listen to her because, well... I like being married, and so I just I go straight, and we usually get where we're going, right? But if they've never been there before, I'm going to listen to the person, right, that knows what they're doing, that knows where they're going, that has the wisdom, that has the direction, that has the guidance. Who are we going to listen to? Stop listening to bad advice. Stop getting bad counsel. Where's your counsel coming from? Your counsel should be coming from the Lord, call upon me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. We need, if we're going to be right, we need, number one, to pray right. We need to pray right. We need to have a, a, a prayer, um, uh, a prayer uh, life in our lives. The why of prayer. Let me give you just these uh, couple things this morning. The why of prayer. Why should we pray? Be careful for nothing. Do you know what that means? It doesn't mean be careful like you're walking through a minefield. Like be careful where you're walking. It means to literally be torn apart. Stop being torn apart. You know what we're famous for? Worry, worry, worry. Have you ever worried before? I promise you, if you had kids, you've worried. I promise you, if you had grandkids, you've worried. I promise you, if you are breathing, You've worried. We always, we always worry about something. Worrying about our health. We're worried about our finances. We're worried about our world. We're worried about our kids. We're worried about our grandkids. We're worried about something. Always worried about something. Do you know that 87% of the things that we worry about, we can do nothing about? Nothing. You can't do anything about it. I mean, you could worry all you want about it, but it ain't going to change nothing. But don't change the fact that we worry. God says, don't be torn apart. Don't be worried about anything. Pray about everything. That's why we should pray. We should pray because there are problems, because there are struggles, because there is life. If you're living in this life, I'm telling you, you're going to have troubles and you're going to have struggles. Life is a constant battle between good and evil. It's a constant battle between right and wrong. It's a constant battle. You know, we've, we've convinced everybody. It's, it's kind of like um, playing sports now. You see a lot of these schools, they play sports, and, and, um, and two, two baseball teams will play against each other. It'll be, you know, 15 to 1, and everybody gets a trophy. There's no losers. Everybody's a winner. And in theory, that sounds great. But guess what? It's not reality. Somebody 
loses. Florida lost to Georgia. Right? That's just what happened. I mean, it's just the fact. They, they didn't say, oh, well, good job, Florida. You almost won, or you almost, uh, here's, a, here's a trophy. No. And we got this idea that, uh, that everything's going to be okay. No, no, listen, there's troubles, there's struggles, there's good, and there's evil. Listen to what Paul said, Romans chapter 7, verse 19. For the good that I would do, or the, for the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. You know what he's saying? It's a struggle. It's a struggle. Good and evil. Right and wrong. The why of prayer. Because it's constantly before us. Number two, the what of prayer. Pray for everything. Don't miss out on what God has for you because you're too lazy to pray. Or you're too apathetic to pray. Or you're too busy to pray. Understand this. Understand this clearly. If you are too busy to pray, you are too busy doing the wrong things. Oh, you don't understand. I'm doing this and this and then listen to me. There shouldn't be anything more important than God in your life. There shouldn't be any more. Listen, if something's important to you, if your spouse is, don't, don't talk to me about how important your spouse is to you if you never talk to your spouse. Don't talk about how important a relationship is to you if you never communicate with that person. Relationship, a large part of relationships, communication. Communicating with one another. We talk about how much we love God and never pray. Wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, we've got to make prayer a, a vital and important aspect of our everyday life. Well, I pray, I pray, preacher, I pray every Sunday. Pray once a week. I pray the, I, 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 you know, I pray on uh, Sunday and Wednesday. You pray twice a week. <laughs> Let me tell you how often I need God. Every moment. Every moment I need God. I mean, not just every day, but every moment. And I'm telling you, I, I want to be I want to be practiced up when it comes to prayer because I know if I'm not currently in trouble, in a trouble, I know it's around the corner. And I know that sounds pessimistic, but I'm just telling you it's reality. It's an absolute reality. If you're not currently in trouble, in a trouble or just got out of a trouble, there's trouble coming around the corner. And that's just part of it. And it could be financial, it could be emotional, it could be uh, relational, it could be physical, out of whatever that trouble is. It's part of our everyday life. And we need to be praying about everything. James 5 and 16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The what of prayer and then the who of prayer. We need to make our requests known to God. Who are you praying to? Who are you praying to? No, no point in praying to an idol. No point in praying to a person. Person's not a mediator. You don't need a person to get to God. Now, I'm glad. I'm glad that I can that I can go up and I can and I can say, Miss Bragg, would you would you pray for me about such and such? And I'm glad that that that. And, and I know Ms. Bragg would pray for me about that situation. 
But I can go before God myself. I'm not a mediator and neither are you. Now, we can pray for each other. And we can make our requests. And by the way, that's the difference between prayer and supplication. Supplication is when you supplicate, when you pray for somebody else. See, Jesus is supplicating for you. Jesus is praying for you. He's going to need to pray for himself. We can pray for ourselves and we can pray for other people. But I don't, I don't need you to take my requests to God. I can take my request to God for myself. That's why sometimes we pray. You ever, you ever done this? You say, hey, I need you to pray for such and such. And then sometimes you say, hey, uh, there's just an unspoken. You know what that means? It means I don't want to share it. I just want you to, I just want, I just want you to pray for me. Because I don't have to air out my laundry to you. And you don't have to air out your laundry to me. We could go straight and we can go boldly before the throne of grace. And God is the who. He's the who. Call upon me, and I will answer thee, God said. And what a, do you know what a privilege it is to pray? Do you know what a privilege it is? Do you know how many times, listen, do you know how many times that I've called somebody and couldn't get them? You ever do that? You say, yeah, I've called you, couldn't get you. <laughs> right? Sometimes that happens, right? Have you ever done this? No, you won't admit it, and that's okay. But, you know, there's a great thing called caller ID. And somebody calls. Now, I've never done this. Somebody calls, and you see it, and you say, I don't want to talk to this person today. And you don't have to answer the phone, right? I mean, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I mean... It's kind of like when you're in Walmart and you see somebody down the aisle and say, I don't need nothing down that aisle, and you go down to another aisle. I know you've never done that either. I'm just saying. Some people have done that. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that? Aren't you glad God doesn't say, oh, my. Joe Springer, again? Didn't you just call? And you're calling again? Yes, me. It's me again, Lord. You ever pray that? You ever, you ever feel like sometimes you pray so much you say, it's me again, Lord. I'm, I'm here again, Lord. And God invites us. God, it's a personal invitation. Do you know what a privilege that is? I think sometimes my own parents don't want to talk to me. I'm glad God doesn't. Said this the other day. Last time I talked to my mom, I love her. I love you, mom, if you're watching. Um, last time I talked to my mom, she called me. I said, I said, I said, hey, mom. I was like, like I call her during Mother's Day, and and uh, and she called. I said, hey, mom. She said, oh, oh, hey, Joey. She said, sorry, I called you on accident. <laughs> All right, love you too, mom. <laughs> Aren't you glad God never calls us on accident? Listen to me. God loves us so much that He invites us to pray. And what a slap in the face it is when we don't ever pray. God says, call upon me, and we never call. We never ask. Unless, of course, we've tripped and fallen in a pit, or we've gotten ourselves in a pickle, we've gotten ourselves in trouble. I tell you, I remember when I was a kid, 
did something I shouldn't have done, and we were in we were in Daytona Beach. And he lived up in upstate New York, and and uh, we were in Daytona Beach, and we were living under a bridge, and it was just terrible. It was a terrible time. I was 17 years old, and and uh, thought I was going to live the glorious life, and it didn't wasn't so glorious. And um, I remember having to fess up what I did, and um, I decided. I said, I said. I said, uh, who, who am I going to call? And I'd, I'd messed up bad. I mean, I'd stolen money. I'd stolen a car. I've done all, I did all sorts of stuff. And, and who am I going to call? You know what? You know who I call? I called the one I knew, no matter what, they were going to answer. I called the one I knew, no matter what I'd done, they were going to help. I, call, I called my mom. And my mom... All, all that I'd put her through, all that we had done, dropped everything and drove from upstate New York to come down and pick up her sorry son and cousin and, to, and drove, us, drove us back. You know why? Because she cared for us. Let me tell you something. God cares for you. He loves you supremely. He loved you sacrificially. And he says, call upon me. You want to stay right? If it starts with prayer, every single, don't wait for the temptation to come. Don't wait for the problem to come. Don't wait for the decision to come. Pray now for what might happen tomorrow. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning. You've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. God loves you. I mean, he loves you so much. It is His desire to spend eternity with you. And be, because that's His desire, He left the throne of heaven and came to this sin-sick world to die upon an old rugged cross and take your sin debt upon Himself. Have you placed your faith and trust in Him? You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd die right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and right back down, and I pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need this morning. Please remember me, preacher, in your closing prayers. Here's my hand. Pray for me. I appreciate your hand, and I'll pray for you. Is there another? I'm not sure about it, preacher, but I need to be. I, I, I want to be. Maybe you are saved. Maybe you have trusted Christ as your Savior. Then you know the battle of staying right. You know it's a constant battle of temptation and a constant battle of decision-making. But the bottom line is, God said, be holy for I am holy. We're commanded to make the right decisions. But we're not going to do that without His help. We're not going to do that without prayer. God, guide me. God, direct me. God, open my eyes. Do you see throughout the Word of God? I mean, throughout the Word of God, Old and New Testament, one prayer after another, after another. God, show me. God, teach me. Is it your prayer? How's your prayer life? You want to stay right? then pray right.
Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed. Instruments playing this morning, an invitation. Can I invite you to come this morning? If you're saved, we can show you out of the Word of God how you can know for sure you're going to heaven when you die. Don't guess, don't, don't hope, don't cross your fingers and cross your toes. You can know on a shadow of a doubt that your sins are forgiven. If you'll just place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I remember as a young man bound by my rack on the USS Jack Williams and praying this prayer, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know if I were to die right now, I'd go to hell. And, and I know that you died for me on the cross. I'm asking you to come into my heart to save me and forgive me of my sins. It was a simple prayer. But I can tell you, through that prayer, God saved me. He's made a difference in my life. If you're not saved, can I implore you? Can I beseech you? Can I beg you this morning? Get it settled before it's eternally too late. If you need to come for whatever reason this morning, there's time you come. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Good to be here in the house of the Lord. Be back in your place 6 o'clock tonight. 6 o'clock for the evening service. And uh, listen, it's one of the shortest sermons of the year. I'm just telling you. So you, you better come. You don't get very many of them. And uh, there's just going to be a, a little Bible study. And then we're going to head on over there. And have a great time. I really hope you'll be able to stay uh, or be with us uh, uh, tonight. Uh, a lot of hard work uh, uh, has been put in and it is being put in uh, to having a great time together. It's a great time for our church and our church family. So I hope you'll be able to be back 6 o'clock tonight uh, for uh, our um, fall festival. Uh, if you are working in the fall festival in, in any capacity or in any way, or if you have not signed up and would like to help, if we can meet with you really quick, piano side uh, right after the services this morning uh, and then you can fellowship afterwards if you'll just kind of head on over there I uh, just got a couple things we need to give you uh, uh, let you be uh, let you be aware of uh, and uh, that'll be a big help Heavenly Father we love you we do thank you this time together dismiss us with your blessing we'll thank you for it in Jesus name amen